This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Monday, September 27th. Each Monday, we take a deep dive into one topic. This week, we're looking at how local healthcare workers have been holding up after 18 months of a health crisis. At the beginning of the pandemic, healthcare workers were applauded as frontline heroes against COVID-19. Now they're coping with burnout and increasing workloads as unvaccinated patients fill up local hospitals. KCUR's Jody Fortino talked with one Kansas City respiratory therapist who says the job is taking an emotional toll. I met up with Jennifer Smith this past Monday as she left work at St. Joseph Medical Center near I-435 and State Line Road. How are you, Jennifer? Yeah. I'm Jody. Nice, <laughs> nice to meet you. It was a windy afternoon, so we went inside and found a quiet conference room to talk about her day. It's just the start of the week, but Smith said things are off to a hectic start at the hospital. The ICU and ER are already full, and she says last week was tough. We lost quite a few patients last week, so taking them off the ventilator or watching them peacefully pass. Those are the challenges of the week, every week. (laughs) For more than a year and a half, respiratory therapists have worked day in and out to provide critical care to COVID patients. But as the pandemic drags on and the Delta variant drives up hospitalizations, many Kansas City area healthcare workers are at their breaking point. The University of Kansas Health System saw a wave of more than a dozen RTs quit in the last month because of exhaustion and frustration. Smith says that doesn't surprise her, but if her small, tight-knit team experienced the same kind of exodus, it could be devastating. Working with three people when you need six on staff, so you're doing two people's jobs, and, you know, when you leave, it's really hard to come back the next day. Being chronically understaffed means that workers have to pick up the increasing workload. On top of that, respiratory therapists care for the sickest COVID patients who are often intubated and placed on a ventilator. Smith says watching people die takes an emotional toll on workers that struggle to process what they've seen when they get home. She says she typically drives home in silence, sometimes crying, as she unpacks the events of her day. When you're holding the hand of a person that tells you they're scared, and right before you drift them off to sleep to intubate them, you know, they said, just please don't let me die. Typically, when you get that far, there's a good chance you won't come back. Smith says it's been particularly frustrating watching the latest wave of deaths, now that nearly all of the patients coming in are unvaccinated. She says this time around, people are dying faster and younger. You can't treat them any differently, but you just look at them and know that they may not be in the shape that they're in now if they had just gone ahead and gotten the vaccine. Smith says this frustration plays into why some healthcare workers are quitting, but the majority are leaving to take higher paying contract jobs in other states. Even one of her own colleagues left this month to take one of these jobs. Smith says the hospital is doing what it can to attract and retain employees, but it's difficult when out-of-state traveling jobs can afford to pay more. We are one of the smaller hospitals, so we don't have the big, you know, $8,000 to $10,000 a week contracts. You see a lot of our respiratory therapists going coastal because they can, right now, take advantage of those big paydays. Smith says retention bonuses might help keep workers in town, but money can only do so much. She says she wishes that frontline workers were shown the same appreciation as they were earlier in the pandemic. People used to honk in support of her and her colleagues when they would leave the hospital's parking lot. But as people continue to resist getting the vaccine, Smith says she feels like the enemy. It was nice to feel the love, and now we're still in the trenches and fighting the same fight, and there's just not a ton of support for that. These days, Smith gets to see just a fraction of that support, 
a local elementary teacher brought cookies for her department on Monday. And after a difficult start to the week, she had the day off Tuesday to get some much needed rest. Smith says like many other respiratory therapists, she's definitely considered quitting. But the idea of leaving her small team of therapists and doctors motivates her to get up day after day and do it all over again. We'll be right back. Don't forget to subscribe to The Early Bird, the daily news email from KCUR. Get news from Kansas City to Washington, D.C. delivered to your inbox every weekday at 6 a.m. Be in the know before you even get out of bed. The Early Bird. Subscribe at kcur.org slash newsletters. Hey, everyone. I just want to take a minute to tell you how podcasts like A People's History of Kansas City get made. We are audience-supported. That means we rely on people like you to give a few bucks so we can keep telling Kansas City's stories. Local journalism is at the heart of our democracy and our community. With that in mind, please give what you can today at kcur.org slash donate. And thank you. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomino Dean. Healthcare workers in Johnson County have also been feeling burned out. Kyle Palmer is the editor of local news website The Shawnee Mission Post, which recently published a story on how Johnson County hospitals are handling it. And he's here with me now. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Nomi. Thank you for having me. So what does staffing look like at Johnson County hospitals right now? Uh, well, I, there are some staffing shortages at some major hospitals. Um, I should credit Jacob Martin, a reporter who kind of asked around at some of the major hospitals serving Johnson County. Uh, The clearest number that we were able to get um, underlining this trend came from Advent Health Shawnee Mission. Um, That system says it has more than 500 open positions across its two Johnson County facilities. Uh, That's a record according to hospital officials. It's not just nurses, but also doctors and physicians and and clinical and support staff. We also have been told University of Kansas Health System um, says it's lost about 10% of its respiratory therapists who have left due to frustration and stress. Um, other hospitals wouldn't give us hard numbers like that, um, but Olathe Health did admit that they're also dealing with some staff shortages, um, but a spokesperson there made it clear that not all of that is completely due to the pandemic. So what are some of the causes of these staff shortages? Why, why are so many staff leaving? Well, it's what we've been hearing from healthcare facilities across the country, a fatigue burnout, exhaustion, nurses and doctors and hospital staffs um, really, when you think about it, are are working on their 18th month of essentially being in crisis mode. Uh, nurses, we're hearing say that, that there are some weeks they are literally at the hospital in the COVID ward more than they're at their own homes, that they're missing out on their personal lives as well as, as dealing with some pretty tremendous stress and trauma in their work lives. Um, And this continuing frustration accentuated by this Delta wave, which has been exacerbated by many residents uh, not getting vaccinated. So that's an additional layer uh, that these hospital workers have to deal with, um, having to treat patients who have chosen not to get vaccinated. Um, Even though I should still say Johnson County remains um, probably the highest vaccinated area in the Kansas City metro. But finally, on this point, an interesting thing we heard from Advent Health Shawnee Mission, in addition to those causes of exhaustion and and burnout, 
Um, they say that they are also losing staff um, who have left to take more lucrative uh, travel nurse jobs. Um, we've heard about this, uh, nurses being sent to COVID hotspots by contract organizations, You know, maybe set up in a hotel for a few weeks or a month at a time, work at a local hospital in a different city or county, and that they're getting paid much more than they're getting paid at their permanent jobs. Uh, read reports of, of nurses being offered up to $10,000 per week for jobs like that. So that's also in the cards. So what are hospitals doing to try to retain these staff members and and keep them from either quitting entirely or taking up these high-paying travel jobs? Well, everything from financial incentives to um, in-house therapy and counseling, from what we've heard. Um, Olathe Health says that it's offering cash bonuses and increasing base pay in order to try to retain staff. That's the financial part of it. Other perks like tuition assistance, uh, scholarships for continuing education, going back to school. Um, admittedly, some of those things were in place before the pandemic, but uh, hospitals are still trying to do that and emphasize that in order to keep people in the field. Hospitals also making you know services like one-on-one therapy sessions available, um, text-based apps that allow staff members to um, you know text a therapist if they're having trouble or feeling stressed. And another interesting kind of tangible thing that we heard from Advent Health, that they have serenity rooms um, in their COVID wards. These are places that nurses can go during or after their shift and, and basically de-stress and regroup, you know, soft lighting, mood music, massage chairs, and just try to get away from it all. What can the public do if they want to try to help alleviate this problem? Well, I don't think it will come as a surprise uh, to your listeners, but uh, the number one thing we hear hospitals say is that um, if you're eligible, get vaccinated. Uh, hospital officials we've heard from say that their staffs are are now at this point of, of, of being hurt and, and being on the breaking point uh, because of people's choices not to get vaccinated, attributing some of that to misinformation about the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, and they also are urging people just to continue to be smart and practice safe behaviors like mask wearing in public when it's needed or required. Uh, I will say that's a little bit complicated in Johnson County because I believe Johnson County is the only core four government in the Kansas City Metro that does not have a countywide mask mandate at this time. So that would vary from city to city. Um, But still, uh, these health officials urging people to be as safe as possible and do the things that we have been told for the last year and a half do stop the spread of COVID-19. But the message we get from local hospitals is they're not going to get any relief until individuals collectively do the things that will more fully hamper the transmission of this disease. So what happens if hospitals don't have enough staff to handle a future COVID surge? I'm sort of just trying to think about like, you know, in the like what happens in the future if, you know, if this problem isn't solved. And I know it's always hard to speculate, but like, is there something you can say about, you know, if if there's not enough staff right now, then they, you know, they literally won't be able to treat all the patients they have. And, and was there any reporting that you guys have done that would sort of reflect that? Because I know I've seen stories yeah. that have kind of talked about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the... The, the subtext of all the, of the comments we heard from the, the hospital systems that we reached out to, including Advent Health and Olathe Health and HCA Midwest, is that this is um, an issue right now for these hospitals, but, but could potentially create staffing issues and long-term problems for the healthcare industry going forward, even after, um, whenever we get there, this, whatever the post-pandemic landscape looks like. Um, these staffs at these hospitals have been pushed to the brink, are being pushed to the brink. 
And at this point, some of the, the steps that these hospitals are taking to try to retain staff and keep people in the field indicates that they're worried that those staffing issues will have longer term impacts after this is all over. Kyle Palmer is the editor of the Shawnee Mission Post. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Lisa Rodriguez. You can listen to more of our work at kcur.org, where you can also read Jody's story about respiratory therapists and a rundown on Johnson County Hospitals from the Shawnee Mission Post. And as always, you can catch Kansas City's NPR station live on the air at 89.3 FM. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.